0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another version of Bill Road in Sports. We're entering our fifth or sixth year of this with our, like, thousand really enthusiastic uh, fans. We've had more than that, right, Jamal? We've had more like, a little,
0: thousand. A little,
1: right? a little more, a little more. <laughs> it, it fluctuates. <laughs> Maybe we say millions. Anyway, yeah. uh, I'm here in the Underscore location in Manhattan, here with my uh, great co-host, the great Jamal Murphy, wearing his black, his black New York Mets fan. We still, it I'm doesn't so, matter so, I'm, whether I'm, I'm, you I'm, have it. I'm glad you, you caught, I'm glad you caught. I'm glad you caught
0: that. I'm glad you caught that it's actually Mets and not you know Yankees. Most people, if you if you change the color, they just assume it's a Yankees. Happening. No, we thought it was so black. Good black, job, black, black,
1: black, <laughs> black Mets lives matter. Is that <laughs> black Mets lives <laughs> matter? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no uh, here with uh, just a tremendous, a great friend, uh, probably one of the one of the most standing journalists in our generation, and I'm honored to call him a friend. Uh, the great David Aldridge, uh, David Aldridge is, um, with the athletic, uh, even the TNT, uh, he's, uh, 2016 Naismith Hall of Fame inductee, um, a real black person, real black journalist, I mean, you know, not one of those people. I I happen to be black,
2: you know, that kind of thing, (laughs)
1: hey, uh, man, just, uh, Thank you for joining me, man, and just uh, again so honored to call you a a friend and a colleague,
2: man. Bill, thank you for having me, man. I mean, I, I'm the one that should be honored, and and am honored to to be with you for a few minutes. Um, to talk about whatever you want to talk about, you know. <laughs> your, yeah, I, I'm yeah. I'm in I'm in your service right now. So <laughs> yeah.
1: well, it's gonna be more in a few more than a few minutes, but it won't be
2: it, <laughs> That's okay. It won't
1: be twenty, but it will be less more in the few less than twenty.
2: <laughs> <laughs> as long, as you, need. As, oh, long as you need.
1: Yeah. So hey man, I mean there's just so much to discuss. Um this is such a fascinating time in business. I, I tell young journalists, it's such a great time to be a journalist. So what is this, what's this time been like for you, Jay? I mean, I know it's kind of a shotgun question, but what has this time been like uh, for you as a writer, uh, as an editor, uh, just as a as a journalist?
2: Yeah, Bill, I mean, it's, this, there's so many things going on at the same time, right? I mean, you've got kind of the the um you obviously got the, the covid situation which has impacted everybody no, no matter what we what you do or where you are um it's impacted all of us and certainly disproportionately impacted black people and people of color um so you've got that then you've got the business you know we're in a business that covers sports for a living that's what we do right and there's been no sports until very recently um and there still aren't any team sports uh in the US that are online that people are really into um, yet. So we tried different things, um, had some relative success. I mean, we're not hemorrhaging money. That's a good sign. Um, People have stuck with us for the most part. Um, But then you also have the industry as a whole, right? I mean, you've got journalism as a whole kind of under daily attack from this administration um, and people thinking less and less about journalism as a profession and people who do it. People literally under attack trying to cover these protests in the streets, you know, reported getting hit in the eye with rubber bullets and and losing sight in their eye and all kinds of things going on. So there's a lot of stuff going on right now, Bill, you know, but we're we're, I'm still optimistic. I think people still understand that 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 we have a role to play. Um, Whatever part of journalism you're in, it's been um, great for me personally to get out and talk to players. And, and, you know, in D.C., they had the march last week um, to go from the uh, arena where the Wizards and the Mystics play over to the Martin Luther King uh, Memorial. Um, and it was led by, really, by Natasha Cloud, who then decided a few days later that she was going to sit out the season um, to kind of continue her social justice work, uh, and Bradley Beal with the Mystic, with the Wizards. And it was just great to see that all the players. They had, like, almost 100% um, buy in from both teams <clears throat> and, um, see them thinking about something other than, you know, sports, um, understand there that they have a, a role to play outside of that. Um, and to just see it around the country in all the different sports and players and coaches that have really kind of taken a leadership role. We did a piece, we did a, a podcast last week with Lloyd Pierce, who's the head coach of the Atlanta Hawks has really taken the, the lead, um, in terms of the coaches association with the NBA head coaches and push them to do more than just, you know, offer platitudes on Twitter and retweet stuff. No, you got to do something. You got to say something and be about something to, to help bring about social justice. So that's been exciting and encouraging. And I want to see where this goes.
1: You know, uh, I, I want to jump ahead, but you mentioned, um, uh, because there's no sports we've, we've been, uh, we really had a chance to just focus on things that really matter. Mm. Um, I was going to ask you about Kyrie Irving later, but, uh, you know, that's one of the things he said, that mm-hmm. why go back to sports now because we've got this focus. How are you feeling about that, about balancing uh, or really focusing on on things because of those sports, yeah. then, you know, the business of sports and going back? What do you yeah, say
2: about no, that? I, 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 um, I, I certainly believe that Kyrie has a point. You know what I mean? And people have kind of dismissed it because Kyrie said some things in the past that are kind of out there and crazy. And you mean like they're flat? Right. <laughs> right. But that doesn't mean that the point is a bad point just because the messenger may be imperfect. You know what I'm saying? Right. So um, <laughs> it's worth it's worth exploring. And I've talked to some players. I'm trying to get them to go on the record. <laughs> you know, it's hard <laughs> to kind of say, yeah, you know, maybe we shouldn't be playing right now. You know I mean? Maybe we should be thinking about these other issues that – that finally have the nation's full attention, or it seems like they have the nation's full attention. Um, that are that that are intractable, that have proven to be intractable over 400 years, and and need to be addressed at some point. So, you know, I think his point again, which I think has some validity to it, is the the problem of going back and playing is not that the guys don't care. Nobody's saying the guys don't care. The problem right. is that people. Tend to lose focus once the game started over again. I just right. want to watch the game. I don't want to think about that right now. I just want to watch the game. I want to watch the game. So if everybody starts playing again, then it becomes I'm just going to watch the games and not think about this anymore because I'm tired of thinking. Did you see? It. Did you see LeBron yesterday? Right. Right. My exactly. God! And lose, yeah. Right, and no matter what LeBron says, and again, I'm sure that LeBron and a lot of the guys that that are going to be in Orlando are going to do things and say things while they're there to try to keep people's attention to it. But the problem is they're going to be playing too. (laughs) So you can always run to that game as an escape, a literal and figurative escape from bigger, more intractable problems. And that's what concerns me.
0: David, outside of the, you know, the social issues, which I'm sure, you know, we'll get back to and talk more about that. um, There's also, as you mentioned before, the, Coronavirus, a huge issue just in terms of, you know, can, are we physically going to be able to get out there and play uh, and have teams um, finish the season intact yeah. uh, or the league intact? And the NBA, you know, let's, let's focus on the NBA. Uh, you know, I think their start date is still July 31st. They're still talking about the Orlando bubble. Um, right. But in the past couple of weeks, Florida has been one of the places you do not want to be. Right. <laughs> um, you know, the, the Mets right. and the Yankees both took their training camp out of Florida and brought it to New York. Yeah. So,
2: do you you know how confident are you that that this NBA plan is, go- is going to work? It's, a, it's an excellent question, Jamal. And I don't have an answer for you. Um, am I confident? I don't know if confidence the word I would use. Um, I think the, the issue when you get down to it is how much are we willing to accept as acceptable? You know what I mean? Like it's been very telling to me And as we're doing this league and the players association jointly. And I think this is by design released first um, kind of league wide testing that they've done to the players and they tested more than 300 players uh, on the 23rd and 16 came back positive. Right. So how do you interpret that? Do you go? Well, that's that's only five percent. That's not too bad. Or do you go? Oh my God! Sixteen players are positive. What does this mean? <laughs> you know, and so and so the league is, I think, hoping that people uh, take the former position rather than the latter. If you put the numbers out there, sixteen out of three hundred two doesn't sound quite as daunting as if you just said sixteen players tested positive, right? So. Right. Um, You have to take that into consideration when you when you interpret these things, you know, and so um, there's going to be positive tests. I mean, it just is when you get people together, especially a team sport where there's contact, where people are in, in proximity to one another, there's going to be positives. Uh, You add into that that the Disney employees are going to not have to be tested as rigorously, let's put it that way, as the the NBA people will be tested. You add to that families, and unfortunately, you know, I mean, they say families are – everybody's going to have to be tested before they come into the bubble. Um, But we don't know what people do when they're off hours. You have no idea what people are going to do or who's going to be snuck in to the bubble. I'll just leave it at that. Right. Leave it at that. But, you know, I don't think everybody's going to get tested that's going to be in the bubble. Let's put it that way. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> because there's some people who are not supposed to officially be in exactly. the bubble. There'll be some I mean, unofficial
2: guests in the bubble. <laughs> so.
0: And it's, it's it's such an individual thing. Like, you know, this is, you know, we, we've seen just politically, you know, how people, you know, how it cuts politically or not, yeah. even, not even just politically. Just in terms, you know, there are people you know, who take it with vari- varying levels of seriousness, even people who do, quote-unquote, take it seriously. So you just never yeah. know... You know, you don't... Like you said, you don't know what other people are doing. You don't know uh, how some people will react to what other people do. Yeah. And and it's such a fluid situation, just because you test positive... Uh, I mean, just because you're negative today or you're negative in Game 5 doesn't mean right. you won't be positive in Game 10. So it's just... Sure. I just... And I and I've I've just said you know I just can't because of the the lack of federal leadership in general in the country, I'm mm-hmm. ca- it kind of leaves me. I'm skeptical that anything um, as, that we want to do as a country can really be done
2: yeah. at a high level at this point. Well, you it requires since there has been an, an abdication essentially of the federal role in this. It's left to individual states. So a state like New York where they were. On top of it, they did everything by the book, for lack of a better term, and have flattened the curve severely to the point where they can consider reopening, um, handled it one way. Florida, Texas, Arizona, (coughs) states that handled it differently are having different results. (laughs) They're having some really bad results right now. And so you wonder, do they have the fortitude as governors and as leaders of those states to do the things that are necessary to keep their citizens safe, (laughs) to keep people who are visiting their states safe, or as safe as possible, let's put it that way. Um, And I have my doubts about that, but we'll see. Maybe they will, you know, speak truth to power instead of kowtowing to it, as they have done for so long.
1: What's going to be, my allergies are kicking in, Uh, what's going to what's going to be, Your uh as as, a, as an editor, mm-hmm. somebody who, as a colonel, who sends people into battle, you know, <laughs> what, what's going to be, <laughs> mm-hmm. what, what's going to, what's, have you guys developed a philosophy yet about, okay, uh, we're going to send people to the bubble, we're going to mm-hmm. send people to uh, baseball, we're going to send people to NFL, I mean, what, yeah. what I
2: are think, you guys going to do? Bill, I think all of it's up in the air, frankly, because we don't know what the know what the actual numbers are going to be in terms of who's going to be allowed to kind of really be there on a daily basis um, it's not going to be that many people um, and so and also from a cost standpoint i mean you have to be realistic um, you can't send somebody to florida for three months i mean you just can't do that <laughs> um, you know we would send people to cover spring training for a month in florida you know what yeah. i mean so we can't send people for three months it's just not feasible so um, that was not going to happen anyway. So, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to weigh a lot of different things. You have to weigh the, the the health, you know, first and foremost. Is this something that people want to do, feel comfortable doing? Right. And that's an individual decision. And certainly I uh, can speak confidently in terms of what the athletics position is with its, with its reporters and editors is that that's a personal decision. If you don't want to go, don't go. You know, if you are concerned about your health, don't go we don't know but no story is worth that you know what i mean so um so everybody's kind of figuring out you know what's the what's the uh, you know best way to cover this when there's not going to be that much access it's going to be mostly off the field or off the, outside the bubble access right so So that's what we're going to do i mean i think we're gonna have to cover it that way and it's probably across the board i mean that's now baseball will be different because there will be actual home games and that's a different discussion um but yeah no it's not an easy call for sure
1: we're joined uh, great aaron matthewson of cnn uh just kind of joined. Mm -hmm. aaron welcome uh on with david aldrich just, just before we on this COVID thing, I'm sorry for rubbing my eyes.
2: That's no, uh, okay, I, Bill. I don't believe you. That's why I, I, I have have to get that Zyrtec. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I,
1: haven't, I, I, haven't done, I, I did do my Zyrtecs today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, you know, you've got, you've got Kevin Durant saying mm-hmm. that even if he was healthy, he was going to play. Then you've got LeBron who kind of wants to play. Right. You yeah. know, so, I mean, it's probably going to be a pretty fascinating story in and of itself. Sure. The players who want to I'm just hey, what do you think of that internal? Because for us it's great because it's gonna be yet another, we're kind of in that sense, we're almost like the administration, yeah. Contention, constant polarity, constant yeah.
2: Yeah, debate.
1: Sure. There is no no
2: peace. But um what what do you do you think is nuts to play? Bill, I can't speak for 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 professional athletes. They're wired differently. You know that. I mean, professional athletes yeah. want to play. No matter what the sport is, no matter what the circumstances are, if there's a field and a court and it's open, they want to play. Um, and so I'm not going to sit here and, and crush LeBron or, or, or Chris Paul or any of the guys that have kind of been out front in terms of we want to get back on the court. There's different motivations for different reasons. You know, LeBron is not – getting any younger. He doesn't have that many more shots at this thing, you know. Um, And so he wants to win a couple more rings if he can while he's with the Lakers. And they have a team that could do that this year. So I get it. I understand that. So I'll never tell a guy or a woman that they're wrong uh, because they want to play. But I'm not going to tell, you know, again, I'm not going to tell uh, Renee, Renee Montgomery from the Atlanta Dream that's decided she's not going to play this year or Natasha Cloud with the Mystics or some of the other WNBA players that have said they're not playing this year, I'm not going to tell them they're wrong either. You know what I mean? I think this is an individual decision in terms of what people feel comfortable doing. I know there's a few, there's a few NBA players that have said they have young children like Avery Bradley or their, their wife's about to give birth. Right. They don't want them to come down to the bubble, so they're sitting out. So for, everybody's got different reasons. And I, I can't be the guy to say you're wrong because you feel this way. And so if guys want to play, okay,
1: that's fine. If you were writing a column, if yeah. you had a column just about how David, David Aldridge feels, how yeah. does David Aldridge feel?
2: I don't think, I don't think, I'll put it this way. I don't know how you will justify 20 years from now, 50 years from now, 100 years from now, anybody dying because of sports, okay? <laughs> I don't know how you justify that. I don't know how you say, well, it's acceptable that this person, whoever it is, it doesn't matter who it is. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's a player or a coach or a referee or a stats keeper or the guy that brings the room service to the hotel or the lady that drives them wherever they're going um, in the bubble. If somebody gets sick because they had to have the NBA its season or the NFL had to play or baseball had to play, I don't know how you justify that. That's me. I don't know how you justify that. I get it. I understand sports matter to people. I'm not sitting here and saying that sports don't matter to people, that it's not important to people's mental health to have a release. I get it. I'm not saying that's wrong. I know that people need need sports in that regard, but that's not why they're coming back and playing. Let's be real about this. Exactly. <laughs> coming back and playing which, because of money. <laughs> <Okay>? Which which <laughs> which okay. to- Right. Just be to honest me, about it. That's all I'm saying. Just be honest yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Right, exactly. Which to me create exactly. to me that's that kind of hits the head to me where create where there's a problem that's really created where we know the reason that these leagues are really really want to come back and even some of the players, but then the outside influences and outside pressures almost yeah. treat them as if you know speak of them in a way which which you kind of referred to um, you know help the fans mental health.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know the fans need this. the the, the everyday people need this. So almost um, putting them in the in the category of an essential worker, right? Right? Sure. Which which yeah. which Malcolm yeah, yeah, yeah. Jenkins yesterday kind of touched on. Uh, you know, in the NFL, the safety for the Saints, uh, Malcolm J- Jenkins said, you know, he was like, "There's too big a risk for the NFL. The NFL is different from the NBA, and we are and we know there's a risk in the NBA also. But right. you know, the NFL, he's saying we, we we couldn't even really be in a bubble." there's too many of us right and then and he said we're not we're a non-essential business right and i took that to mean hey i hear that i hear all this pressure out there like stop it we're we're not essential okay so so what do you you know so when people argue even even governor cuomo argued Mm -hmm. that you know it you know it it helps people stay inside it's a it's a service almost Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. for the rest of the public you know how how do you how do
2: you how do you what do you think of that and how do you think players navigate that again i'm I'm kind of my operating principle is kind of what John Kerry said in Congress in nineteen seventy one when he came back. How can you ask somebody to be the last person to die for a mistake? So, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> so that's where I, that's where I am personally on it. I just don't think anybody should die for my entertainment. <laughs> Sorry, I don't think right. that. Right. Um, right. or get or even get even get deathly ill. I mean, and the thing is, you know, we don't know what this disease does to people yet. We don't know the damage it causes to people's lungs and their heart and their endocrine system and all those things. That, you know, the long term damage. Even people that recover from this are can be diminished by it. Right. So we don't know. So until we know. It's, it doesn't isn't the safe play to have as little exposure to this as possible for the most number of people possible? And Except, and yeah. Malcolm's point. Yeah. They're just not football yeah. players and basketball players are not essential personnel. They're not. Stop it. They're <laughs> not. <laughs> right.
3: What do you say? You yeah. know, my uh, my cousin um is is try, is getting ready to go to college mm-hmm. and he wants to play. Yeah. And his mom, I guess also my cousin uh was is like she decided she was gonna let him because she felt like saying no was gonna like mentally it was putting him in a bad place and I just didn't know how to respond to that what do you think about that
2: Uh, you know it's it's funny I was talking to somebody about this yesterday or the day before about the whole thing about college and college is just so it's such a unique time in a person's life you know what I mean like and I know what college did for me. It would be really hard for me to tell somebody else, don't have that same experience that I had, <laughs> you know, because you don't get those years back ever. You don't get that time back ever. Um, and so I get it. I still would err on the side of caution, though, because I don't want any kid to be diminished. Um, that doesn't need to be. Um, I think you have to have some kind of kind of hybrid mix of in-person classes combined with online classes. I know some schools are kind of staggering. their schedules so that there's no one time when all the students are on campus, some are at home and some are on campus and then they switch, you know, and or they will switch. And, and maybe maybe that's the way to go. Um, but I get it, I understand, believe me, the experience of college is, is unique. There's, there's nothing like it. There's nothing ever that's gonna be like it in your life again. And I would hate to deprive people of that. So I understand your cousin's desire to want to go and play and be with, uh, I don't know if it's a he or a she, be with their teammates. Yeah, yeah. Um, and be with their peers and make those decisions that we all made, most of them bad ones. <laughs> We're 18 and 19 years old. Um, many of them bad ones. I'll put it that way. Um, right. and, and learning how to make decisions, learning how you how you make decisions, that's part of being in college. It's like, how do I manage my time? That's a big Thing. that's an important thing you learn in college you know um, I just it's this is just this cuts across everything hmm
3: well David and, and really this is for everyone I was just like I feel like I'm seeing more op-eds saying college football should be canceled mm-hmm. um, I just, and tell me if I'm wrong, Clemson, LSU, Alabama, Michigan, I just don't see them not participating. I I feel like I know um, Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh of Michigan was talking about, you know, making the NFL draft rules and more flexible. Do Mm -hmm. you, do you think, is it possible we won't have college football, especially with those, those guys? And, and will that mean like there won't be an NFL draft this year, if that's the case? Um,
2: I mean, well, I don't know what you guys think. I'll be very surprised if there's no football this year. Football operates on a different level. (laughs) It just, their their lack of interest, well, let's put it this way. They can't be shamed, okay? (laughs) They can't right. be shamed. The NFL, college, major college football, they can't be shamed. You can't say this is a terrible thing you're doing, you should stop it. They're not stopping it because people are going. To, people may take them to task. That. The only way they will stop it is if there's a monetary loss of such proportions that they have to stop. Um,
1: well, yeah, the only way they're going to stop it is if the 20, 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds who they rely on for their service says we're yeah. not going. Right. I mean, that's when they say if you got that critical mass of 19, 20, 20, 22 year old who say on Mars, we ain't going. It right. shuts down. And that I don't know how you feel, David, but I, that's what I find so uh, intriguing about this. Mm-hmm. And that's what you see, the ultimate exploitation where you have yeah. all these white men really leaning on these young black kids and the mm-hmm. whole. You know, the, the intimidation and the yeah. whole uh racist thing, all this stuff is coming out to play. The power dynamic, yeah. the uh slave mentality, the we're being grateful, the grateful slave, the right. white man's ISIS, all that kind of, all the stops are being pulled out to let this stuff, say, yeah. we're going to play. You Negro, you going to, you know, it's just, to me, that is so... That's all this stuff is playing out out, out out particularly at that big time college football level.
2: Yeah. I would be I just I, I agree with you Bill, but I think uh, you know to Aaron's point especially in the south it's going to be awfully hard to get players to not play. It's going to be right. awfully hard. Right. You I know. Mean, it
0: would be probably be it's probably going to be hard enough not to get let fans in in those areas. That's right. No. That's, that because, well. if, because if you allowed it
2: they would fill stadiums down there. In, in but system. you see, Gene Smith, who's the black ass, black athletic director at Ohio State, say, "Well, maybe we can get twenty twenty five thousand in here in the horseshoe." <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, you know, thing? Thing? so no, every other seat.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't think yeah. that's six feet, though. But you know, you know, so uh, yeah, I mean, look, and you, and you know, there's twenty thousand. You
1: guys get sick, we got twenty five
2: thousand more. Exactly. You know, so this this is. And that's why I worry about these young men, especially the college football players the D1, especially college football players at the, at the factories. You know, if they say we're not playing, they're going to find some more. <laughs> that's what oh, they yeah. do. Yeah. You know, so that's what worries me about those young men um, kind of exposing themselves in, in that manner. Not that their cause is wrong, and they may, it may be worth it to them, but... Um, I just worry. I don't know that you can slow that train down. It's, a, it's, it's awfully hard to slow that train down. Another interesting aspect of, of college is,
0: you know, will it depend on what, you know, what goes on on campus, whether kids are allowed on campus? Because if sure. they if kids are not on campus and they still play college sports, I mean, that's a, you know, it just brings to light the, to light the, the complete hypocrisy.
2: Well, it, it does, but they will do it anyway. And, you know, in these college towns, especially, I mean, you know, they're going to go to games. People are going to show up for these games. Really? People going to go to, you know, Denny Stadium now. Right. <laughs> That's going, they're not going to have, you know, if they open it up to fans, people in Alabama are going to show up. You know, right. people in Florida are going right. to show up. People in Louisiana are going to show up. People in Georgia are going to show up. <laughs> so I don't know. Even if there aren't students on campus, I think the local community will show up in, in very large numbers if they're allowed to come into the stadiums. Wow.
1: Well, with their Confederate flags.
2: So <laughs> well, <drive> the Confederate <laughs> flags in.
0: Once again, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible has over 180,000 book titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of the Bill Roden on Sports podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. We highly recommend that you check out the classic $40 million slaves, The Rise, Fall, and Redemption of the Black Athlete by the one and only William C. Roden. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on sports. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on sports for your free audiobook.
1: David, want to uh, switch to LeBron and voting, I mean, the whole voting thing. Yeah. But I did want to ask you just what were your thoughts about uh, NASCAR and the Confederate flag and the noose? Have you been able to make any Sense of how this has kind of turned out with, um, you know, uh, Bubba, and mm-hmm. then no Confederate flag yeah. in the noose, but the yeah. noose has been there. Right. And now, what? What was just? How have your thoughts evolved about right. that?
2: I'm I'm very I'm very uh, pleased to know that, that there's large numbers of not tying experts on Twitter now who went <laughs> uh, <right. laughs> to the four in the last 48 hours to say that's not a noose that's a slip knot that's a butcher boy that's not a <laughs> stop it <laughs> stop it you know come on don't you know well anyway it's ridiculous um, here's what I mean I would say that I think you have to uh, look no matter what anybody thinks of nascar as an industry right the historic problems nascar's had with black people um i will give them a lot of credit that bill you know this that is not nothing to say you can't fly that flag in here anymore
1: i know that's a big deal that's a big deal now
2: (laughs) that's a a big big deal um and so for them to say that and really off of one guy stepping up and saying, you need to do this now. This is the right, you know. And and I know there are all these other pressures on them from the outside, but Bubba from the inside saying, you need to stop flying that flag because people aren't comfortable here. That was a big deal, and that, I think, led them to make an even bigger decision. So I'm going to give NASCAR some credit on this one. I really am. I think they deserve some credit because they went to their fans and said, no, you can't do that no more. And that's, that's not nothing. Um, so is it too late? Of course. I mean, is it a hundred years too late? Of course it is, but at least they did it now. At least they did something instead of their usual mealy mouth. We can't tell people what to do and they can buy the tickets, blah, blah, blah. They said for the last 50 years, um, the news thing, look, I'm, I'm past any type of explanation, excuse, whatever. I don't care if, that news has been look something one thing one other thing or the other has to be true. Somebody knew Bubba Wallace was going to be in that garage, and they put that news there, or they retied that news there, or that news was there all along, and nobody said anything. You tell me which one to right. pick. <laughs> Which one is the? Which one's better? Quote unquote. Right. You know. What's the? Okay. So it was just there since October, and nobody in NASCAR, not one person who works in one of those garages, said, you know, maybe we shouldn't have a noose right here right. in the middle of our garage. That might not be such a hot idea. Right. You know, so that's right. <laughs> I'm like, so that's what right. is the you know, what's the hill these people are trying to die on? You know, like right. I don't that's get right. it. Like, what right. do you think that not, is a great be, You're gonna say that's gonna make black people go, oh well, okay then. All right, well I understand oh, now. He was, was all it was always
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> right. It
0: was there since the eight from the eighteen hundreds, I think.
1: Mean. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah.
2: So, yeah, so I can't can't get with it either way. Um, I I applaud Bubba. And again, um, I did a piece on this actually last fall, believe it or not, because Bubba Wallace had been at NABJ last year in Miami, and there was a panel. And again, I give NASCAR credit on this. NASCAR's been at the NABJ the last several years now. They have tried to reach out to black sports journalists to say, Hey, we're trying. <laughs> we get we get our records not very good. We're trying to do better. Here's the things we're trying to do. So one of their PR people last year, young sister, real real nice young sister. She, I went to the event. I raised you know, during the question period. I said, Hey, hey, how can I tell my two young sons it's okay for me us to go to a race and and see that flag. And they and they didn't have a great answer, frankly, that day. Um, and the young lady said, "Look, you need to come down to a race and see for yourself." And I said, "You know what? You're right. That's fair. Fairness dictates that I come and see for myself." So I went to Richmond, went to their race in Richmond during the playoff series last year. You know, saw a couple flags here and there, but nothing like it. Wasn't like it was a giant, you know, Confederate flag in the middle of the infield. There wasn't a couple people, but you know but they have a lot of black people in NASCAR trying to get this thing turned around. They're trying. Okay. So, so I'm sympathetic to those people that I talked to that day that are trying to live in that world, you know? Um, so, uh, I would say that NASCAR and and certainly what, what they did before that race last week, you got to give them again, I think that meant something to people to see all those, all the drivers, you know, putting Bubba's car out front, all the drivers walking behind him. Symbols matter, Bill. They do. <laughs> they do. Symbolism yeah. matters. Yeah. You know, and it's important yeah. for people to see things like that.
3: Hey, David, I was curious just to switch gears about your thoughts on LeBron, and he and some other guys are starting the Voting Rights Group. Right. I think that's. How do you think it's going to impact his reputation as a player? And do you think that's going to make more people want to vote?
2: Well, I certainly hope so. <laughs> I certainly hope so. Um, LeBron, you know, should get full credit um, for a lot of things that he has done over the course of his career. Um, uh, One of us wrote a very, very popular book a few years ago called $40 Million Slaves. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't me. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And the premise of that book was that no matter how much you pay somebody, you're still... They still have to do what you say, essentially. And so what's the difference, really? You know, <clears throat> um, I think LeBron is as close to being a, a, a more free person, a more free athlete than anybody that we've seen come down the road uh, in this space. Um, LeBron ushered in this era that's now known as the empowerment era, where players decide I'm going to play here and I'm going to play with these two or three guys. And that's, that's what's going to happen. (laughs) Okay. And you can't stop me and you can't tell me not to do it. And you can't threaten me. I'm going to Miami and I'm taking, and I'm keeping Dwayne Wade here and I'm bringing Chris Bosch here with us. And I'm going back to Cleveland and now I'm going to LA and you, nothing you can do can stop me from doing that. And so LeBron should get full credit for that. You know the voting rights thing. It's you know it, that again is a state by state kind of mosh pit. You have to have a lot of lawyers that are willing to do a lot of work to bring these things, these lawsuits, up before elections when they have when they have time to matter. You know, like now, for example, um, right. <laughs> but there is something to be said. If you're trying to, if you do a more for get out the vote, you're going to restore kind of souls to the polls and other things that have been taken away by these state governments in the by these Republican state governments in the last few years, if you can do things to restore those, then that's the, that's the important work that needs to be done. Um, so I give him credit for that. Um, I'm voting is my thing. That is my, my issue. Um, I don't care who's running for what. I got into a lot of arguments, including with some black people in 2016, about the choices that people had. And I said, I don't give a damn what the choices are. <laughs> right. You know, people died for you to have that choice. <laughs> you better damn well exercise that choice. Um, and so that was that. That was
1: uh, what, what that to me. That was Kaepernick's only missed, I agree Earth. with you. Yes, I agree with you. think a significant misstep Yes, when he mm-hmm. talked about he didn't vote and, right. and that kind of stuff. Yes. And, you know, he's never I'm, – I'm still wondering where he is on that, and we're wondering where he is on that stuff. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't take away from the symbolism uh, right. of, of his kneeling. Right. Uh, but, but sometimes, you know, you know uh, I don't know how you feel, but well, I don't want to go down that road. But just when you're talking about uh, LeBron – and you, we've just seen the last dance with Michael Jordan. Do you think that LeBron's politicization—I like the way he saw in this empowerment era. Do you think, in your book, does that put him uh, ahead of Michael Jordan uh, in terms of the overall, the whole package,
3: right. uh, or
1: uh, or if he wins a, a th- another championship with a third team, mm-hmm. does that? put him on top what do you I don't know what you feel about him, but what would in your book would put LeBron and Jordan well or, I, I would could any, like, anything
2: right you're talking about different different things I mean it's on the court and off the court right so I mean you know certainly I think I don't think on the court he can compare to Michael I don't think anybody compares to Michael in this generation in this era um I think Michael gets compared with Bill Russell and Oscar Robertson and, Ma- and Magic and those players um well, you know, look, I have, this is what I've said about Michael Bill because a lot of people, obviously, I, was, I did participate in that last dance and people have asked me a lot about that. And here's what I've said about Michael is that, look, when I was 25, 26, 27 years old, when we were hanging out together in press boxes, of course I wanted Michael to do more. Of course I wanted him to endorse Harvey Gantt. Of course I wanted him to take political stands. He chose not to. Having said that, It was Michael's success (laughs) off the court, not just as an endorser of products, but as a black person in the white world, (laughs) his success as an athlete is what made it possible for LeBron to do the things he's doing. Because black people didn't sell shoes back before Michael, you know that Bill, black people didn't sell much of anything before Michael. (laughs) They didn't move products. They weren't part of Madison Avenue. They weren't part of ad campaigns. Black athletes weren't part of those, that world. And you know, so so you can't dismiss what Michael Jordan did, and just say, well, because he didn't take political stands, I can't I can't get with him. I mean, you can criticize him for that, and I have, I have. But his what he did allows these players of today to do what they're doing. Because it's a given that someone as good as LeBron is going to sell, having a huge endorsement contract. It's a given that, you know, someone like, you know, a Tiger Woods or somebody like, you know, I can't think of a, of a football player comparable right now that, that that's that big a star, but it's a given that those players are going to have huge endorsement deals. Well, Michael Jordan made that happen. Let's not get it twisted now. That's what Michael Jordan did for those guys. So is LeBron better? No, I'd say he's different. He's different. Right. And I applaud his difference. Um, I applaud his courage because he didn't have to do it, certainly. Um, and I applaud that he, look, and I'll say this for LeBron. You can say whatever you want about his record on the floor, finals, all that sort of thing. I don't care who you are. It takes a lot of guts to, to call out the president of the United States. Right. Now that takes right. some. that takes some courage <laughs> to call him out like that. Um, that's not something that most people do. So I give LeBron big props for that, because again, that was not something that he had to do. He chose to do that. Um, and that, that goes a long way in my book, because when you speak truth to power like that, 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 that means something.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree on, I agree with you on the court, uh, Michael, you know, I'll I'll go Michael every time. I think if you saw him, if you actually saw what michael jordan was doing on the court it's hard to it's hard to uh, dispute but i'll i'll give the off the court goat to off the court goat basketball player um well maybe not goat cuz you got bill russell but mm-hmm. but um but i mean lebron is right up there and this sure. and the and the voting registration thing is huge to me yes um and you know bill bill, bill we discussed this you know for you know for months about about, you know, wish, wishing some, you know, somebody would do that with, the, you know, some huge athlete would, or athletes together would, would come together on the voting issue. Mm-hmm. Because you're right, they're, they're able to sell so much. And there's nothing right. that needs to be sold more at, in, now into, in today's age than getting, getting young black kids or black people in general to the polls and right. participating in, in this, you know, so-called democracy. Right. So I think. So I think. You know, this 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 move by LeBron. He's done. He's made many moves, um, but this move by LeBron is is tremendous, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Hey, hey uh, uh, David, let me ask you one thing before, before we wind this down, mm-hmm. and it kind of gets back to how we started. And I just, as a journalist, uh, you've seen so many things. Uh, and everybody wants to say each particular area is like, oh man, this is, yeah. or, this is a game changer, or this is a game changer, this is a game changer. Like Dwayne Thomas said when they asked him, uh, "Is the Super Bowl the ultimate game?" He said, "Well, it's the ultimate game. Why are they playing again next year?" But in your, <laughs> I love it. But, but <laughs> I know. But what is this? Um, what is this? Where we the generation we're in now, or the era that we're in now? Mm-hmm. Uh, what does it stand in terms of? What, you, what you've what you seen, uh, what you've seen that you call remarkable, mm-hmm. um, game-changing. Where does this period stand?
2: Well, I mean, I certainly think athletes are much more um, politically uh, vocal than they were uh, a few years ago and certainly 30 years ago. I mean, we all remember how again, going back to Michael and just how that was just like the third rail. You didn't talk about politics. You didn't get involved in that. Guys just stopped doing that. And, you know, from the, I would say the early seventies on, I'll, I'll allow that there were maybe, a, you know, Harry Edwards had some effect into the early seventies with, with, with athletes, but I think it kind of really petered out after that for a very long time. And so, um, you know, I certainly, I certainly applaud the athletes today that, that are, really being leaders in this, um, I, remember I, I, talk, I talked about the, the march in DC last week and Bradley Beal said something really, that really resonated with me because he's from St. Louis and he knew Michael Brown. He actually knew Michael Brown. They weren't like close yeah. friends, but they knew people in the same circles and that sort of thing. So he knew him. And he said the thing that, that bothered him was after Michael Brown was killed, he didn't really say anything. Like he didn't really do anything. I shouldn't put it that way. He didn't really do anything. Yeah. He said, you know, RIP Michael Brown, blah, blah, blah. Right,
1: but he didn't really right, do right. anything. Right,
2: right, You know, and he and he felt like he that was a mistake on his part to not do anything. And that's why he wants to do things now and be more involved. And, and so, and that's just in a five-year stretch. And I think that these things, as you know, Bill, they happen quickly, you know, I'm... None of us are old enough to remember the '60s um, and, and what that time was like, Bill. But you were you were a young man then, and I'm sure you recall these things kind of happen quickly. You know, I mean, there's a, there's a momentum to them once they start, and so again, that gets back to what we were talking about before. I would hate to see this momentum squandered. I would hate that, you know, because it doesn't happen very often. Um, right. We really so get important. everybody's attention. For an extended period of time, about a major issue um, such as you know systemic racism and police brutality, those are big ticket items that require national will to change. It can't be three guys standing up somewhere and two women standing up somewhere. It's got to be national will, you know. And nothing changed in the '60s until, frankly, until white people said, no, "We got to stop. We can't treat people like this anymore." And say that we are a fair country, um, and they only did that because they saw it on the evening news every night. <laughs> right, and that's, that's what right. got people. That's, that's right. what changed people's minds, <laughs> you know. And so that's, that's what right. I'm talking about. The only way this is going to change is if you keep talking about this on the evening news every night, <laughs> or you keep talking about this on Twitter, you keep talking about this on social media every day. That's how people's minds get changed. Um, and so that's why I want athletes to understand that while it is important for different reasons for them to play. Some are personal and some are commerce. And it doesn't mean either of them are wrong. I'm not saying that. But understand that when while there's no games and you have everybody's attention, <laughs> you may be able to move the needle a little bit and certainly in a meaningful way. And I hope that, that they understand that. Right. And I, and I think, like you said,
0: like going back to Kyrie, and that, that's, that's what I appreciate about him. Just, just the simple fact of speaking out. And having these discussions, you may agree with what he's saying exactly or not, mm-hmm. but just showing the courage uh, to speak out on these issues. and which Kyrie, is, especially since he joined the Nets, mm-hmm. he's he's shown um, you know a thoughtfulness in wanting to discuss uh, you know various issues. And right. it's fine with me, you know, however long it takes him to come to a truly coherent, you sure. know, whatever. Sure. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that these guys feel now that they can speak out,
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, hey, hey, hey Dave. Uh, just, just one, one, one. Really, one last thing. Uh, how is, you were? Uh, uh, you were inducted into the Naysomist, uh Hall of Fame twenty sixteen. Yeah. Uh, how did that change? I mean, it's a tremendous honor, and uh, just a, 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 a very well deserved honor. Did that change anything for you? Then I also want to ask you your move to athletic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I I'd really like to talk to you about that as well, just journalistically, yeah, what sort yeah. of the difference of those institutions have been, but how did the, the induction, I mean the, the honor, uh, yeah. change anything for you?
2: Well yeah, a little bit I guess um, you know, for what I do for a living, which is cover basketball, I mean there's not there's nothing after that, you know <laughs> that's kind of, There's not. it's not like there's another award you can get right after that, you know, right. I mean <laughs> it's, you know it's, it, it's humbling is the word I kept coming back to is that it's incredibly humbling because, you know, if I'm in the basketball version of what guys like Sam Lacey and Wendell Smith got in baseball, I'm, there's nothing more to me. I mean, I can't do better than that. <clears throat> you know, again, for what yeah. I've chosen to do for a living, <laughs> you know um, you know, to be in that kind of company is just, you know i don't know how to even respond to it you know i the people that i know that are in the, in the that have gotten the gaudy award you know dave dupree who's you know very well and people like that those are the best who have ever done this who've ever covered basketball um and so if i if anybody thinks i'm in that category i'm incredibly humbled by that i really am i'm not kidding um because you had, it's very hard for me to judge my work. I, I think I'm a good writer. I think I'm a good reporter, but I, you know, you can't, it's hard to judge yourself. Um, so that was a very important thing for me for sure. Um, in terms of making the move, I was at Turner at the time. Um, I had been at TNT for 14 years and I loved the people at Turner. It's the best job I ever had. Um, the people were great from top to bottom. Um, there was nothing wrong with Turner at all. I loved working there. Um, loved what I did there. Uh, I was just at a time where I needed to be home more. That was the number one thing, Bill, is that I just, you know, we have two sons who are now 16 and 13, and I just felt like you got to be in front of these boys. They're becoming young Mm. men. You have to be in front of them more often. You can't take six weeks off and and just not be there for them. Um, Mm. You have to have discussions with them about things, (laughs) as you know. Um, you got to talk to them about some things that they're going to experience and some of the hardships that are coming their way and how they're going to have to get through those um, and, and continue on, as we all have had to do over the course of our lives. So I just wanted to be home more. Um, and this was the perfect vehicle at the perfect time. Um, If this hadn't come about, I don't know what I would have done, Um, but being home, being in D.C., and also, Bill, being in charge of something, um, not something we get a chance to do very often. So to be able to run a bureau and make decisions about what what stories are going to go on our page every day and, and work with our young writers who I really am touched by, in terms of their willingness to be taught and their eagerness to be taught. Um, I want, I, I, I'm so thrilled that I get to work with them all the time. And um, that means a lot to me. So all of this, can, it was a perfect storm. And what, what it came down to is I, I kept, I, I would say to myself, you know, you're gonna really be upset with yourself if you don't take, if you don't jump. Yeah. you're going to be really mad yeah. at yourself <laughs> if you don't do this. Um, yeah. and, and I would have been. And so I'm glad I jumped because it's been worth it.
1: That's great. Yeah, well, the, the athletic is uh, very uh, better off and very, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, they should be thanking their stars every day <laughs> that, that, that you're, that you're, well, that you're with them. That. Uh, this has been uh, the, the great uh, Dave Aldridge. He runs the Bureau. At the end of it, he's a. He, he, I'm the HNIC, you know. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's
1: right. a, lot of, a lot of people don't know what that means. HNIC. They don't know. Perfect, perfect. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, man. If I don't know about Mom's Maple I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, David. Uh, hey, man. It's been so and, and I'll just tell you uh, one very quick story about activism. And this goes back to whenever the Super Bowl was back in Atlanta, yeah, uh, years ago. I mean, decades ago. Right. Uh, David was with the Washington Post. I was with the Times at the time, and that was a big thing about the Confederate flag, That's right? right? Uh, yeah. The state mm-hmm. of uh, uh, Georgia, Georgia, yeah, had the Confederate flag in his flag, and uh, we, uh, you and I, sat in a hotel room mm-hmm. making these uh, ribbons, these ribbons, protest ribbons. Black ribbons. ribbons that yeah, we were gonna black ribbons that we are gonna hand out to black and white reporters. So during mm-hmm. the National Anthem, people walk out. And I remember, man, Audridge, without even, he's, we sat in his room doing this. And without mentioning a lot of names, there are a couple of people we asked to participate and they- Politely declined. They, they politely declined, you know. And it was okay, because you know, it's, it's good. And we will not mention names, because it's not important. Right. But it just told me a lot about David at that time, who was, you know, I mean, we were all, you know, I forget what that was. I think that wasn't that the famous, wasn't that the fame the letter let uh was it
2: that,
1: uh, the that was a letter. year? I think
2: it was a year after. It was the same teams, but it was Dallas and Buffalo, but it was a year after. Yeah. Dallas
1: and Buffalo, yeah, right? yeah. 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 But I've yeah. always yeah, when he but I but I've always uh admired you, David. Can I just little things like that just tell you about somebody's character yeah. as it relates to black folks and you know that if you would do something like that then that mm-hmm. you're you wouldn't be one of those kind of black folks when when you finally get to the room, you know, you right. certain black people get to the room mm-hmm. where they're like in the in behind closed doors right. that they're not gonna kind of yeah. And back down. And, ah, right, right, know, right. You know, <laughs> letting me let me cake. Right. You know. But I always appreciate I've always appreciated that about you that you were yeah, always no. uh,
2: it was that was an up. easy call. That wasn't even a hard one, <laughs> you know, to me. Yeah. Um I, I can't yeah. I had to do that. That was an easy one.
1: Yeah. Hey, but thanks for everything, brother. And and continue to uh fly the flag and uh write and develop this next generation of
2: uh talented young journalists so, man i appreciate it Bill. thank made, you for your example best. man you you have you have been a mentor for me and, and just a role model and your fearlessness and courage about speaking truth to power again and again and again and again and again, and again. um that yeah. that paved the way for a lot of us and, and i haven't forgotten and a lot of people I haven't forgotten so i appreciate you having me on
1: Appreciate, it, man. Then when power is back, though, of course that's the that's the other thing. You can speak truth to power. Then when power speaks back, power does <laughs> 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 speak mine. back now. <laughs> they do speak back. <laughs> you can speak truth to power. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. right. <laughs> hey, dude, thank <laughs> hey, thanks so much, man.
2: My pleasure. Hey, thanks and, for uh, everybody. Uh, stay safe everybody. Thank, thank you. you I appreciate you. it. Thank you.
1: All right. So, any last words? Uh, Jamal, Aaron, before we uh, close out another segment of uh, uh, Bill Rodino Sports, any uh, any final thoughts?
0: What you got, Aaron?
1: Anything?
3: You no, know, I was just thinking about the New York City Marathon and how it, it was canceled. So the two, some, two of the biggest marathons in the world have been canceled so far, Boston and now New York. London was postponed, so we'll have to see... No, that's just that's the first thing I was
0: thinking of. What do you think? What do you think about the U.S. Open uh, deciding to go forward uh, with the tournament? You know, end of August, as usual, uh, already Djokovic is, you know, he and some other players came, uh, tested positive based on a, an event he held uh, a couple of weeks ago. What do you, you think the U.S. Open is doing the right thing?
3: I think you can social distance with tennis. I'm not a I am not a tennis player. I, I understand there will be no fans, right? And um so all your I just yeah, I think it's possible. I just think probably the number of players they're they're already talking about cutting a bunch of events, right? Like there's not gonna be doubles right or like the wheelchair. So it's like uh, worth a try. Yeah. I, I bet you Novak's gonna be there too.
1: <laughs> so I would not let him come. i so you can't come.
0: <laughs> he got uh, some pushback for, you know, when they shake hands at the net or hug at the net. So I guess there's no more of that.
1: I wouldn't if he was asking, brother, you know, <laughs> thanks. Peace. But you are not know, going to be, you know, the, the, yeah, yeah, peace. You know, the U.S. Open is such a, you know, we were out there last year and it's such a great social event. You know, I mean, such a New York event where you're out there just kind of hanging out and. The music wafting over and all that. It's just such a, I never guess you can say things saying the French Open and Wimbledon. It's such, such a, you know, such a cool thing. But um, I don't know, you know, I you just have to, uh, you know, have to do it. So, um, all right, well, anything else? Jamal, you got anything?
0: Uh, no, not really. Just so, I wanted to mention, we were talking about LeBron, but uh, did you see the news? Uh, he 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 and uh, Maverick Carter raised, raised $100 a hundred uh, million dollars for a for for new media company, a new progressive media company that that they say will cater to the people who have been um, ignored in the past.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, good for them. Good for LeBron. You know, I mean, uh, I guess David did bring a, I guess bring up a good point about. Oh, well, he brought up a lot of good points, uh, but about uh, I guess the role that Michael. Fought. So I, I do remember. Um, you know, uh, uh, O.J. Simpson mm, had had right. big endorsements. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julius Irving had even even you go back to Willie Mays. Mm. He did like a maypole, Uh, You know, there's an oatmeal you know, called I want my maypole. So he did a uh, uh, commercial. I think Dr. J may have done like a sneaker commercial. So there were always bits and pieces of uh, of people. There was actually even a. Uh, a great Olympic high jumper, and now I'm just forgetting her name, a black woman, and I should not forget her name, uh, a great jumper. She was the first black woman to win a gold medal. Uh, that was in 1948. And she and Jesse Owens had uh, Coca-Cola commercials mm. back in the day. So there are always bits and bits and pieces. Um, so that's it for us.
0: Yeah, that's it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still waiting to see what, what, what happens with sports and whether they do really, truly happen or start to happen or finish uh, because things things are not being taken care of in the country. So,
1: Yeah, there's a part of me that just, there's a big part of me that just says, just cash, just no sports. Let's just right. chunk it in right off 2021. You know, let's get everybody focused on making the necessary changes that have to be changed you know uh in in, in the administration right. that should be the focus because you know right. there's right. so much confusion and that's the way to in you know to cut through confusion is to focus on one thing right. one thing is we need a change that's the truth. Right. we need a change right. <laughs> you know you can do all the chaos cut through all that we need a change right. we need a change because no, no matter what your party is it,
0: right yeah and then and, and and start come back and start strong next year you know start from start strong for the, for the next season because is it even really worth it to to take all these cha- i mean we know monetarily but even from the fan perspective is it is it really even worth it to force all these these uh, leagues back for like 60 games in major league baseball you know uh, you know talk about an asterisk. all these things even if you do go through with them what are they going to mean when we look back at, at them, like it wasn't a real season anyway. So why right. is it worth, you know, risking, you know, death?
1: About money. I mean, like like David said, I mean, it's about money. That's all it's about. It's not, you know, about anything else. So we we will be back. Uh, I want to uh, ask Aaron, although I will ask off, off, uh, off show. <laughs> We're gonna ask her a series of questions to which your answer had to be uh, no comment. <laughs> no comment. Well, what? what do you think? No comment. Well, Aaron, what do think? No comment. <laughs> but we'll 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 do that next week. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yes, I have some thoughts.
1: Yeah, no comment. <laughs> All right. Hey, look for uh, Jamal, Aaron, uh, Bill, Roden no sports. Uh, you know, thank you guys. We'll see you next week. God bless.